All right, Billy, you ready for a podcast? I'm, I'm like extremely ready for this podcast. Good. Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about... Portishead! Um, Walton, what's not clear to me from your script is who goes first? This is your episode. You are hosting the episode, mm. and I'm the guest host. And so I go first. And I guess I should do that, right? Without any further ado. All right. So I have six picks that I can go to, Bill. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting you to pick some of my picks. Me too. So I don't have to. Me too. I mean, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be surprised. But I'm, I'm hoping that you pick some of my picks so I can go for some of the deeper cuts. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to start with It Could Be Sweet from their album Dummy. Mm-hmm. in uh, what year was that we gotta know I'm gonna guess that it's 93 94 close enough tell me why you like this song Waldron you know why you like it is gonna be tough for me this time Billy and I don't go after you anymore for (laughs) by policy for requiring me to defend my picks anymore yeah you don't get some of them up love this voice she's got. Oh, yeah. It could be sweet. I mean, all of my picks capture the vibe of the thing. Uh-huh. When I think of Portishead, I think of my days in D.C. working with Brian Williford and Tyler Nelson and Sabella Pritchett and hmm. listening to this stuff and just making early web stuff together. Oh, did you have like a shared stereo that you would all put mp3s on i guess that it was like a stereo and we were listening to cds right but we would listen to this album so to me this is focus music and for that reason like it's just about the vibe totally i I love the click sound for the backbeat there That rim click with the echo, so nice. Yeah, I'm on record as loving that. Yep. And this is a Rhodes sounding thing and mm-hmm. slow tempo. So it's got all the earmarks of a Waldron favorite. I like it a lot too. One thing that's kind of cool, I, for me, the, the drum sounds and all these Portishead songs are always so great. And like the rim click sounds so organic and the bass drum sounds so synthetic. Do you notice that? <laughs> right, yeah. sure the bass drum is the bass drum like i feel like it's one of these it's it's a sound effect where you know yeah 
I don't, it, it might not be a bass drum, but it's playing the role of the bass drum. It's in the, right. it's in the sonic register of where the bass drum is. It doesn't sound like a bass drum, or at least, or at least it's like a heavily affected thing, whatever it is. How much do you know about this band, Bill? Did you do some research? I mean, uh, very little. And to be honest, before um, preparing for this episode, Dummy was the only album I'd really listened to, which I, I'm going to guess is not uncommon. Yeah, I think that's right. Dummy was kind of a hit, you know, I, I think. Dummy was really, really popular. Yeah. Beth Gibbons. Great singer. Just an unusual voice, right? I, I mean... Her vocal is 100% a huge part of their sound. What I like about her voice, and it's also true of Rachel Price from the uh, Lake Street Dive band, is that she doesn't rely on a lot of vibrato to get the sound right. Mm. She can hit mm. the note and hold it, the note itself, without having to like waver all around the note to make it sound like you're close to it or on it, which is what vibrato allows you to do. Interesting. She can just hit the note and hold it just like Rachel Price can. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's a great pick. I love that pick. And by the way, that wasn't one of my picks. Oh, okay. That was not on your list at all. Not on my list. Okay. What do you make of that? Well, I know that there's going to be at least one song of yours that would never be on my list. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it'll be a maximum of one song because that's the maximum permitted do you, do you know of which song of, do you know which, oh, you mean, you know, I'm going to pick a live song. Yeah. Prediction achieved. So I'm going to pick Rhodes, the live version of Rhodes oh, off of Roseland, New York City Live. Billy, here's the problem. Go ahead. And you've done this before. Yeah. Is you'll take like one of my favorite songs mm -hmm. and you'll pick it, but then you'll make it the live version. Good. This was my number one song. I, I, I think that's a good number one song. Well, but it isn't the song that I wanted. This is the live version let's of Let's celebrate that now you get to go deeper in your catalog. I'm going to give you my treatise on why Bill likes the live songs sometimes. All right. Now, are you going to be referring to the notes that you've carefully crafted? I am. Okay. Here they are. are you can't, yeah, I am. I, 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 I've thought about this. And you'll notice that my affect right now is not like I'm throwing a cherry bomb in your toilet. I'm not giggling. I'm serious. Okay, lay it on me. <laughs> now I'm giggling. No, but so here's the deal. Like... What are the merits of recorded live music? So it's not like why go see live music. It's why listen to live music after the fact. What are the redeeming qualities of listening to a live show after the fact? Here they are. First of all, let's think about what's different about live music. So you get the interplay between the audience and the band. That's one thing. You get to hear that. And as this song started, you heard the audience get very excited. And as soon as the song starts... You hear them clapping along with the beat, right? They're clapping quarter notes. So something happens on stage and the audience loses their mind and you can hear that after the fact and you can experience it as a listener, right? So like I can vicariously feel like I'm in the audience too. Also, I think live music is just more authentic because 
There's all kinds of magic and tricks that can happen in the studio. The band is really capable of playing this music together in one pass. It's not a mishmash with multiple takes and layering of instrumentation on top of one another. Everyone here in this band is playing this music together right now. And by the way, I never would have imagined that Portishead could pull off getting these sounds live. Like one of the things that's so cool about Portishead is just the sounds and the vibe. The fact that they're able to get some of that sound in a live performance, I think is really remarkable. Finally, these guys are all playing together and there's an interplay between the band members and one another, right? So you can have call and response, you can have jams, improvisation that's happening in front of other people. The risks are more risky. So what they achieve when they dare something new, it's more rewarding. And they're taking those risks in front of other people. It's an event, right? And by listening to it after the fact, you get to, you get to experience that. And I'm putting my notes away now. I'm speaking extemporaneously now, Waldron. I'm all for how excellent and perfect it can be, but throwing out live music is never as good is just, it's missing out on, on like a really important human endeavor. So that's my, that's my dissertation. Thanks for listening to it. Well, I think it's a it's a great defense of the live recording, and I think those are all really valid points and and very well made. So I'll I'll hand it to you. Everything in life is a trade off, you know. And when there's like legitimate disagreement about one position or another, it's never hopefully never about like this is my religion. Yeah, this happens a lot in like business and technology, right? Sure. And, and the truth is that there's always trade-offs, right? And, and the balance is, if I trade in the thing that I think is the better set of trade-offs, I still get the advantages of the other. Yeah. So, like, even if I don't get what I think is the better thing, it's not a total loss because I also get the things that were advantageous about the other side of the argument, right? So, I wouldn't come out and just say, it's always worse. I think of a live recording as being like a document. It's like the difference between a documentary of a thing that happens live and a and, the, and I love a good documentary or something that's scripted and put together and tried again and again and again until it's a perfect or as close as you can get to the thing that was intended by the artist, right? Yeah. I I will say this though that I've I've rarely been more proud of my beast than when we were hanging out at your house uh, for your birthday party and listening to was it this album I think it was this it was actually and, this <laughs> and Beast just came straight out and gave Dude, like the party line she stumped the chump <laughs> she was great I didn't I I I was flummoxed in fact. <laughs> it motivated me to like actually pay more attention like and organize my thoughts. Right. So thank you, Beast. Yeah. For sure. Apple not falling far from the tree. Well, I thought that that was a, a good defense of the live recording. I still feel like if we want a pure sense of what the artist wanted. Yeah. 
we would, as the Beast would say, like by the time the song is recorded and you're listening to it, you're now listening to the recording and what you're listening to could have been more what the artist wanted, right? I'm so tired of playing, playing with this bow and arrow, gonna give my heart away. All right, it's your turn. Well, hit me. If I can't play Rhodes, which was what I thought was their very best, I'm going to go to Glory Box, also from Dummy. It's so funny that you're picking this because this was my next pick, but I was going to pick the live one. <laughs> Good. Well, I've, I've blocked that. So, touche. Also, two live picks? Not, not permitted under the bylaws. <laughs> we have exactly one bylaw. Are we going to talk about how James Bondy all this stuff is? Oh, we can. In some songs, even more so than others. Yeah, I think. But for sure, it's part of the charm. So genre discussion, trip hop is what people call this, right? The mix with scratching sounds. I think is an element of that. Are the clicks that I hear an artifact of the... I don't remember hearing clicks this loud in the recordings originally. Is this just what's happening in my audio? I'm hearing a lot of clicking. Is it like vinyl vinyl clicking? Like It might be designed to sound like that yeah so like studio wise i think they would they would do weird things like record stuff press it to vinyl and then play it and then do effects on that but all kinds of weird trickery who has time to do that like what if you don't like how it comes out i don't know <laughs> right but it does it, it there probably is a record playing back some of that and that is some of that click sound or staticky sound Do you like that guitar solo? I do. It's great. It's such vibe. Trip hop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sure. I don't think of this as particularly trippy, but this music didn't overlap with me at a time in my life when I would have been in a position to um, render a pure verdict on that matter i feel like it's kind of psychedelic there's like a dark a dark energy in it somehow i don't know i don't know how to say that more precisely this is such a good one i feel like these songs are really cool and unlike anything else that i have heard except for maybe massive attack well, I think that's a good song, and I love it. Uh, I like it, too. All right, so Waldron, you're causing me to go deeper in my, deeper in my catalog. Fair's fair, Billy. Fair's fair. So you mentioned the James Bond thing. Check out All Mine on the album Portishead from 1997, the year I graduated from my studies. This is very James Bondy, <laughs> Right? 
hear the echo on that snare drum? Billy, I've got a question for you. Is there an album equivalent to a one-hit wonder? Do you know what I mean? Like, they have one great album. The whole album is good. But then after that, like, you don't really hear from them again. I guess there must be many of those. I mean, yeah. But I feel like this is a question for uh, another podcast called The Age-Old Question. Yeah, they may take on that kind of a... Yeah, is there an album equivalent to a one-hit wonder? A band that had one good album and that was it. Are you wondering if that might be Portishead? I'm pretty sure, in my opinion, it is Portishead. Every, you know, I was going to wait for you to notice it, but yeah. you probably wouldn't. But every one of my picks is from Dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. And I um, intentionally picked some tracks not on Dummy because I, I figured you would. But because <laughs> you're so right. pedestrian. No, that, not that. Because they're so good. There's so many of them that are so good. Portishead seems to be packed with good tunes. Like the ratio is the ratio of good tunes to filler is high, you know? And I've got some other songs that are not from Dummy that I liked. Um, and this is one of them. Particularly because of it's like turning the James Bond vibe to 11. This was more of exactly the same kind of thing, this album. And then also the one from 2008. Hmm. I think maybe that one was a little less duplicative, but mm-hmm. I still feel like they haven't tried anything new. And I gotta tell you, if if I had command over, you know, <laughs> that that kind of a style, I might not venture far away from it either. Like right. having that kind of success. Right. Remember, like we talked about this when we talked about Bon Iver. Like the guy had huge success with that one album and I think probably was very encouraged to stick, you know, stay in that lane and just do all of that again for two more albums before, like, the career fizzled out. And he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Portishead went that way. I feel mm-hmm. like this is mm-hmm. exactly the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. It's so effective, it'd be tempting to just stick with it forever, you know? It's also because it doesn't sound like anything else. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds so much like itself, which we talk about time to time. Jeff Barrow, is Beth Gibbons purely a singer in this thing, or is she also contributing a lot to, like, the composition? Singer and lyricist for the band Portishead. The Music Research Division just refers to producer Jeff Barrow and musician Adrian Utley. And vocalist Beth Gibbons. It's like, so I guess... Adrian is playing all kinds of things, and David McDonald, an engineer, is sometimes cited as the fourth member. So I think Jeff Barrow is the guy from Michigan. Uh huh. This one. Uh huh. Be- Jeff and Be- and Beth met during a coffee break. It says, ninety one. <laughs> yeah. Coffee break. Coffee break. I'm gonna go against the rules real quick and have to play. We have to talk about this song, Mysterians. I'm so glad you're doing that. Is it one of your picks? Not anymore. Okay. What do you want to talk about, Mysterions? Mysterions. Is it that drum roll? Is it that drum roll? I just have a question for you. Did you really hones? Did I really what? Hones. 
because that's what she sings in this thing. And I, swear, <laughs> I think the word, the lyric is, <laughs> did you really want, but... It comes out as, did you really haunts? Haunts. Did you really want? But there it sounds like want. Listen. Did you really want? <laughs> Did you really want? Now it sounds like haunts. Did you really haunts, Billy? <laughs> That's for Tyler Nelson. That's one of your picks. No, it's not. What are you talking about? What, that's a, what is this? What, that's, an, what? that's just an aside. Well, if we're going to have the aside, you got to give me a minute to talk about that cool <laughs> drum beat. Okay, talk about it. That can't possibly be a theremin. That's totally a theremin. It's a theremin sounding thing, but... It, Why can't it be a theremin? Theremin players aren't that accurate with the pitch. I see what you mean. It sounds like a theremin, but you think it's like a, a theremin patch on a synth? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I, I could be wrong. What if one of Adrian Utley's instruments is... What if he's a master thereminist? <laughs> He'd be the best thera- thereminist <laughs> in the world if he played that that tightly. Yeah. So, at the f- on the fourth beat, it's like a 13-stroke roll, which is very cool. Yeah, it's cool. So, it's like he's playing... 16th note triplets, six of them, except each one's actually a double sh- a double tap. Did you really I really dig that drum beat a lot, and I can't play it, because I can't play 16th note triplets that fast. But I can play it with a press roll, and it just doesn't sound as precise. But it's still fun to play. Be on the lookout for more songs that have a press roll, because you mentioned it when we were talking about my favorite song of the uh, Lenny Kravitz. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine what a press roll is, and you're talking Mm -hmm. about a press roll here, but I don't Mm -hmm. really know what it is. So like when you hear it in a song in future, just call it out for me so that I can know what a press roll is. Me and the, the very besties need to know also. The very besties are dying to know about the press roll. Right, Rhodes was going to be my call for their very best, and this album, Dummy, is, I'm pretty sure you'll agree, their very best. Yep. So my, my second pick, which is my th- last pick of the night, is Sour Times. Which I love and hate. One thing that I love and hate is these orchestra bells. <laughs> right? Because they're relentless and they're super loud. That clanking noise. Yeah, to me that sounds sort of like some kung fu movie effect, but it's interestingly an echo of the drum roll from Mysterions, which is the song before this one on the album, to me. definitely got that bass and guitar doubled James Bond sound to it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I think the, the bells noise is cool. What's that other one? It horns. Yeah, is it a trumpet? It's too low for a trumpet. 
It might be multiple. Is it a <laughs> it could be a whole brass section. What is that? I mean, it almost sounds like a synth patch to me. <laughs> right, like it's it's close to a horn sound, but not close enough to be real. And maybe that's an example where they recorded it to an album and then put it through a bunch of effects. I don't know. It could be something totally processed, you're right. Yeah. The thing about this album and, and maybe why it's why it's so hard for me to choose like wh- or explain what it is about like any one song that I love more than the others is because I don't see them as terribly differentiated like one song to the next like yeah. I know that I love this album yeah and I recognize each of the songs in the album and I recognize the names of the songs in the album but if you ask me to just tell you you know what's your favorite Portishead song I'd have to be like I don't know I gotta go listen to all the tracks and yeah. figure out which of them I had a hard time making my list well, right? that is our job as as co-hosts of a podcast called The Very Best <laughs> well and, and I'm willing to do that but in the case of Portishead I wasn't able to just say you know definitively without without auditing this album again like okay which song is which yeah you know I don't yeah. know the names of these songs because to me yeah. they're all um I mean, the generous way to say is that the the album is such a cohesive thing that what I I love is the album. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's a great, it's clearly their very best album. Good. I don't think anyone's (laughs) going to argue about that. I wonder if you can comment or want to comment on the guitar sound, like that James Bondy guitar sound. Like, what does it take to do that? Is it just reverb or what is that? It's reverb, it's a light of vibrato. Probably in the amp itself rather than... Oh. Well, these guys are such studio hounds that I'm sure that they have like lots of different ways to do it. But, uh-huh. you know, it's an old-timey sound, and so therefore it's not... Yeah, you can get that sound without a ton of effects. You can get it with yeah. the stuff that they had when they were recording it in 62 for, you know, the mm-hmm. James Bond theme or whatever. You know, reverb and vibrato built into the amp. I think it is tremolo rather than vibrato. Do I get one more pick? Yeah, you get to declare what's their very best, Billy. That's what the being the host is. So here's the deal. I wanna I wanna go with you that Rhodes is the best song. Okay. But I wanna play one more song anyway. Yeah, well that's what I, I, I that's what I did. So the, the song I want to play is Chase the Tear, hmm. which is a single that came out in 2010. Okay. Tell me what this what vibe <laughs> this creates for you. This is a little bit of a departure. Well, is it Devo? 100%. Right? <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I didn't listen to this because, I mean, I'm just hearing the intro now. But it is the opposite of what I said before, that they it's a one-trick pony. They've only got the one thing they can do. This would not have been in Dummy or any of the follow-up albums, right? Right. Does it go somewhere? It does. Lyrics okay. come. 
say this is their very best song but i really liked it and i quickly put it on my playlist and i felt like it was it warranted mention because it doesn't sound like the rest of the portishead songs it does sound like devo when it starts though i like that i like yeah, it. I, I did too good call man whip it good I always like it when the backbeat is the hi-hat closing also. Do you think it's Chase the Tear? Chase the Tear? Yeah, I think it's Chase the Tear. Just by virtue of the icon. Right. Yeah. What did I say? Chase the Tear? Perhaps. It's totally Chase the Tear. I don't know what I said. So I want to a little bit of business here we don't usually do this in the podcast Ooh. but business so business update it's a business update for their very best so this it's been a while since we've had one of these this episode will come out on january 10th and this is barring like if we get the um uh, lake street dive people to come on and have to do like a, an emergency <laughs> part two for that right doesn't seem like oh it's totally gonna happen <laughs> i have faith in you billy but, um, so this episode will go on the 10th, and then the following one will be on the 24th of January. 24th of January is the one-year anniversary for their very best, releasing the first episode. And you and I agreed that we're going to do something a little different for that one, and we're finally doing it. We're finally doing what we've feared doing. We've had a full year. We're finally feeling like we have the confidence to talk about the Beatles. Not enough confidence to stray away from a single album of the Beatles, but still. To dip our toe. <laughs> to but could be the most important album of the Beatles. Um, could, and we can be. talk about that. So this is like a tune in next time when we talk about. Oh, yeah. Tune in next tune time. In next We're going to finally talk about the Beatles. I love the coming soon. We should do this more often. Well, we would if we knew what we were going to do next more often. We don't always know. Right? If we can be like one step ahead of like, okay, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that, I think it'll be good. Single album, I've been playing with this idea because covering an entire band is ridiculous sometimes, especially if it's like we tried part one and part two and part three and all the rest of that. Now we're going to go album by album for the Beatles and... I don't know. Maybe it'll be a year annual thing for us. I don't know. Walter, I can't, I can't believe it's our one year anniversary. I know. The kids were amazed. Are we going to go out to dinner? I mean, like, what's going to... You know, we should have, like, a Their Very Besties banquet. You know? We should have a... We should have a little Their Very Best one-year anniversary party. All the local fans are invited. All the the Very Besties. Every every Very Bestie is invited to the one-year anniversary. Well, we know most of them, I think, so it's going to be... When the contingency from Sandusky comes oh, and, right. well there was know, another ohio in there today you were talking about to, oh my god oh dude philadelphia wenham massachusetts today here let's shout out where we're hearing from cairo nebraska 
Hillard, Ohio. Someone in Hillard, Ohio downloaded the entire catalog. I love a completionist. This is someone who needs to hear it all, and I appreciate that person. Okay, so, Billy, I think it's decided for Portishead, right? It's Dummy, and it's Rhodes. Done. Like, those are our proclamations. The very best album by Portishead is Dummy. Duh. What are you, dumb? I'm so glad that we agree on that. And the very best live album, there's only one, so that's, <laughs> that's funny, is the Roseland show. We're going to do more of these episodes, so beware. Yeah, watch out! We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Waldron. And I'm Bill. And thanks for listening to Their Very Best. <laughs>